Welcome in. I know it's still blazing hot outside, but it's another nice, cool edition of Name That News for you, what we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast. I am your co-host, Mark Menard, along with my other co-host, Zach Clark, and we are here to bring you a week's worth of news in easily digestible nuggets, or they would be easily digestible if we didn't make one little tweak. We didn't take one little thing out and then make you try to figure out what they're talking about. We'll give you some choices, and you can pick from there, and if you get it right, you get the satisfaction of a job well done. Did I get it all right? Yeah, you got it right, Mark, and you talked about being easily digestible. I was always told not to put weird things in my mouth, so I haven't been eating this one. Well, you know what? It goes down smooth, I can tell you. (laughs) Can confirm. We're going to get right into it, and we're going to start with you this week. What do you have to lead us off to get us into the right mindset for this show? All right, Mark, we're going to meet in the middle here. We're going to St. Louis. This is from the Mark Reardon Show on KFTK. Take a listen. A baby giraffe with that was just born at a zoo in Tennessee, and it could be the only giraffe in the world. All righty, Mark, what makes this baby giraffe so special? A, it does not have a huge neck. B, it does not have any spots. Or C, it is literally Jeffrey Giraffe from our childhood. It can't be Jeffrey Giraffe because he's still around. It participating in locations of Macy's. So he's got a job. Uh, I don't think it's Jeffrey. I don't think he's having to moonlight at the St. Louis Zoo. So it leaves us with it doesn't have a huge neck or it doesn't have any spots. I feel like a giraffe's defining feature is its neck. So I can't see how that would be the answer. The spots, people look different sometimes. Different skin color. Sometimes, you know, animals have different stripes. It's all genetically formed. I'm going to go with it doesn't have spots. You know, I didn't watch this show, but there was that guy from 90 Day Fiance that, like, had no neck, like, at all, right? (laughs) He he was kind of the heel of the show. And then I think about uh, the Flintstones and Barney Rubble, right? Fred and Barney didn't have necks either. But, Mark, you are correct. Anatomically speaking, I'm not sure how a giraffe would exist without its neck. For what it's worth, though, uh, they say that this might be the only giraffe in the world to not have spots. So it turns out that the spots are almost as common as the neck itself. I didn't know that. Wow, that's that's very interesting. We're not supposed to learn things on this show, Zach. Oh, crap. Sorry. Uh, disregard. <laughs> Dis- bathroom joke. Disregard everything you heard, and we're just going to move <laughs> on to my first question of the week, coming to us from KRLD in Dallas, where a certain famous restaurant is starting to get a little tight in the pockets because of the economy. It's about $100 million this year. So even though it feels like a ton of relief based on what we've seen, food prices starting to come down, um, there's still a lot of other pressures in the business that we've got to overcome. So what much-beloved sit-down food franchise is feeling the pinch of the economy? Is it A, Applebee's? Is it B, Chili's? Or is it C, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? Now, I have been to all three of these places, including the original Roscoe's in Southern California. And look, Mark, for what it's worth, as long as you know what you're getting yourself into, both Applebee's and Chili's are awesome. As long as you understand what it is and what it is not, especially when it comes to happy hour, A-OK. You know, this question is tough because it's like the Costco hot dog, right? Like, so few things are uh, recession-proof or inflation-proof. 
I'm gonna say Roscoe's chicken and waffles only because Applebee's and Chili's are so close to each other that I'm I can't separate them. So I'm gonna say C. That is incorrect. It is in fact Chili's baby back ribs. Chili's is feeling the pinch. You know those Southwest egg rolls might be going up in price a little bit. So get yourself ready. But like you said, if you walk in knowing what you're getting yourself into, great experience. When we were in college. Applebee's happy hour was like a lifesaver. You could eat and drink for a nominal amount of money when you didn't have a lot. I have a lot of fo fond memories of that experience. I have nothing bad to say about either one of those places. Did, did you have an Applebee's buddy where it's like the twofer and you split it? Did yes. Did you have a go-to Applebee's buddy? Yes. Yeah, one of my roommates. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Excellent. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it when you're on a budget like you like you are in college. I still remember those days, even though they're quite far in the past at this point. Well, speaking of budgets, Mark, uh, this next clip, this person's not going to have to worry about a budget, I don't think. This comes to us from our friends out west, KNX in Los Angeles. Anaheim Angels superstar Shohei Otani. He won't be pitching again this season. Yeah, Otani was on track to earn a dollar contract. Alrighty, Mark, how much money could Angels superstar Shohei Otani make on its next contract? Is it A, $500 million? Is it B, $750 million? Or is it C, $1 billion? And now the folks out there can't see it, but I did the Dr. Evil thing with my pinky, just so you know. He did. I can vouch. He absolutely did. So, baseball contracts are famously inflated to an enormous amount of money. Uh, I always look forward every year to Bobby Bonilla Day in the summertime. July 1st. July 1st every year because his contract was such when the Mets were losing money thanks to a pyramid scheme they got involved in. That guy named Bernie Madoff. You may have heard of him. The Bernie Madoff scheme. They got Bobby Bonilla to change his contract from one big lump sum to a million dollars every year for the next 25 years. And he is still living off of that amazing deal. I wish somebody would offer me a million dollars a year for 25 years. I would take it in a heartbeat. If Odyssey, if you're listening, if you offered me that right now, you would sign me up, I promise. I will gladly go away for a million dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, we're talking about 2023 money. And obviously it's gone up. This is not the Yankees. But now everybody has tried to get on the Yankees level, and, and certain elite clubs can do it. The Angels are in Los Angeles. That's big money. That's a big money market. I'm going to go big. I'm, I'm going to go for the big money here and say $1 billion. The Angels are, by some accounts, one of the most poorly managed franchises in Major League Baseball. But you're absolutely right about the value of the contracts. And here's the other thing. For those of you that don't follow baseball, Shohei Otani is this like once-in-a-lifetime individual that can do two things incredibly well that usually are a, a divider, right? Usually the pitchers doesn't hit and vice versa. Uh, though, Mark, you, you went on the high end. It was the low end. It is $500 million. But look, you and I, Mark, if we're doing this show in three or four years still, the answer will be C eventually. There's no question. Well, now I feel bad for him that he has to live off of $500 million. Yes. What's he going to do? Start counting those. He needs to be like one of those professional couponers, right, that don't pay any money when they go to the grocery yeah. store. He'll be fine. Better start saving up the coupon section from the Sunday paper. While we're talking about people and what they do with their money, this clip from WBBM in Chicago is talking about the struggles retirees are finding themselves in. It's easy to you get used to it. So just the idea of replacing a 
is something that, that people often, often struggle with. So what is it that retirees are finding it tough to replace? Is it A, their home, because we know a lot of them move into those swank assisted living communities where they can hang out with the other old folks and have parties and all that good stuff. Is it B, their paycheck, they're just used to getting that paycheck every couple of weeks and now, now they're on the Social Security and it, it's a little bit less. Or is it C, do they miss that sweet, sweet workplace lunchroom camaraderie? So I'll admit, Mark, I do work in a building, uh, in an office. There's other people uh, around me. I don't eat lunch in the, we have a kitchen. I don't eat lunch there. So I don't know much about the lunchroom camaraderie. You know, the home thing, I feel like so often all the people are complaining about how much space they have. And I'm like, <laughs> must be nice. Um, but I think it's going to be be here. And it just, I've been getting a paycheck like most of us, you know, for a long time. It's a steady thing. It's, it's how I budget. It's how I plan. It's how I live. That would be, uh, not working would be great. Not getting a paycheck would be weird. I'm saying B. Uh, you are correct. It is the paycheck. People have trouble adjusting to not getting that paycheck every couple of weeks. And, and like you said, getting, getting everything right, maybe having a little money left over to, to have a good time but in between. And it's a little tighter now because you don't have the paycheck. You don't have that workplace money coming in and social security is a little bit less than maybe what you were used to living on yeah inflation's a real thing man they're feeling the squeeze too so now that brings us to the point in the show that we call the cliffhanger question of the week what is it you ask i will tell you the cliffhanger question of the week is a question just like all the other questions but we don't answer it right away we make you stew on it we make it burrow into your brain we make you think about it for a week because we want you to come back it's what we call a hook in the business. So before we move on to this week's cliffhanger question of the week, we have to remind you about last week's cliffhanger question of the week and finally give you that answer you've been waiting for for seven days. It was Zach's, so we'll defer to him and let him remind us what we talked about last week. Yes, to quote the great American philosopher Nelly, we're going back to the loo. Uh, this clip comes to us from the Mark Cox Show on KFTK in St. Louis. Take a listen. In a moment that proves parents need to keep track of their children, a young boy let himself be so he could become and the results were nasty. Alrighty, Mark, what happened to this kid? A, did he allow himself to be poisoned to gain superhuman powers? B, did he allow himself to be bit by a spider so he could become Spider-Man? Or C, did he allow himself to be operated on so he could function like Inspector Gadget? All right, so I've been thinking about this for a week. I do have two young children. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and I know what they can get into. I know how their minds work sometimes. Uh, what I also know is that not a lot of young kids these days know who Inspector Gadget is. So I'm gonna toss that. I'm gonna toss that one out. Despite the Matthew Broderick film of the 2000s, didn't catch on. So it's just not a thing for them right now. The person they do know who it is. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is timeless. Spider-Man has gone through many reinventions on the big screen in the past 20 years and just keeps coming back for more. And now, of course, the Marvel Cinematic Universe seems to be the only movies making any money until Barbie came along. So I'm going to say that he was trying to be Spider-Man. Final answer, locking it in. I'm going with Spidey. Mark, I too have a seven-year-old and... 
currently his big thing is Miles Morales, who is one of the uh, people in the Spider-Man cinematic universe. And you are correct. The answer is A, uh, he did allow himself to be bit not just by a spider mark. It was indeed a black widow. This happened in South America, and the child allowed himself to be bit, trapped the spider, and then started to feel weird. And when his mom asked why he felt weird, he showed her the spider, rushed him to the hospital. Luckily, they were able to use uh, anti-venom and... He was okay, but they said if it had been any longer, this kid could have had some serious consequences. So uh, this is one of those things where uh, kids will be kids, but they also may hurt themselves very gravely. Yes, that's it's a little bit of a depressing story with a happier ending. I will bookend it with this. Spider-Man and Spectre Gadget, both elite level theme songs. Oh, and you can think of, you can think about that. Well, now I'm not going to be able to get either one of them out of my head. So why don't we just move <laughs> on to the cliffhanger? Let's move on to this week's cliffhanger question of the week. It comes to us from WBBM in Chicago, where apparently is hot, hot, hot. The produce uh, extra humidity. Um, they provide more moisture to the atmosphere in its area, um, making the dew points go higher, making the heat indexes potentially worse. So what's producing all this heat and humidity in the Midwest? Is it A, cornfields? Is it B, the Great Lakes? Is it C, Bears fans amped up for the NFL season? So, Mark, of course, we won't answer it this week. We'll give the folks a week to think about this. I can tell you this, though, as a Midwest resident myself, and I'm in Michigan, which is the Great Lakes state, we got water all over the place, and it can make things sticky. We also have a lot of cornfields. That's true here in Michigan as well. As far as C goes, look, for the first time in 38 years on this planet, Mark, I am feeling incredibly smug about the rest of the NFC North. The Bears are terrible, and I'm here for it. Let it be said. Go Lions. Well, look, I'm down here in New Orleans where it is also very sticky from the humidity. Uh, generally about 95% on any given day to go with, you know, 100-degree temperatures. It's uh, it's pretty hot. We don't have any cornfields. Uh, we don't have the Great Lakes. We do have the uh, Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico nearby. And uh, we have Saints fans. We probably have a few Bears fans. Definitely have some Cowboys fans for some reason. I don't know. But we have a little bit of all that as well. And uh, and so I can relate. But it's one of those three. So here's what we'll do. I'll be sweating in the shower until next week when we get the answer because I can't <laughs> handle the humidity here or there. You and me both, brother. And so that's going to do it for another sweaty episode of Odyssey's favorite <laughs> podcast, We Think. Got to offer that clarifier in there every time. But special thanks to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. And special thanks to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another hot and humid episode of Name That News.